Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Ridge Hunter Outdoors podcast. This one is number 75. This week we got to talk to a couple of local guys from Not Your Mother's Outdoor Channel, Sean Harrington and Philip Hines. They talked about their outdoor channel. It's a new channel. They just started it last fall. Not Your Mother's Outdoor Channel on YouTube. And what they're trying to do is kind of be more of an everyman's outdoor show. So they're trying to show a little bit of everything. All the stuff that you don't see on the big produced shows, they're kind of trying to go at it for more of that angle. And they talked about that on the podcast. We had a good time talking with them. We actually met them up at the Iowa Deer Classic, and of all places, they're from Effingham. So we met them seven hours from home and come to find out. They're really just right up the road from us. So that was pretty cool. We were glad to have them in. They're just starting out, so you guys should go check them out, give them some support. I'll link all their stuff in the description, that their YouTube channel, uh, their Facebook page, and all that good stuff. So... You can go check them out at all those links and then stay tuned for the rest of the episode and really hear what they're all about and listen to them talk about what they got going on. But before we get into that, if you guys want to support the podcast, don't forget about our partners. One of those being Rodney Hawkins. We had him on a couple episodes, uh, a few episodes ago, and he talked about what he's got going on with Midwest Farm and Land and RG Outdoors. If you missed that, you should go back and check it out. But either way, like I said, he is a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. And if you guys don't know a lot about them, they're not really your average real estate company. Last year, they sold over $85 million worth of ground. They've got agents like Rodney all over Illinois. They're really a local company with a national reach. For more information on them, any ground that might be available, selling your property, or just kind of getting a feel for the market, you can contact Rodney directly at 618-925-3153, and he'll get you taken care of, answer any questions you might have. He's also recently started the RG Outdoors company that I mentioned. They've got hard and soft-sided blinds and blind chairs from Radix Blinds. They've got a cam, a all-natural scent elimination product called Camo Dust. They've got burner self-defense weapons now. They've got Tacticam trail cameras. And Rodney's all the time working on getting new products out at RG Outdoors. If you want to keep up with them and anything new they might have coming out or check out what they do have right now, you can look at their Facebook page at RG Outdoors. You can email them at rgoutdoors at yahoo.com or again, call Rodney directly at 618-925-3153. Our other partner is Grandpa Ray Outdoors. They specialize in providing the best nutrition for white-tailed deer on your property, starting with the soil. They've got a full line of high-quality food plot seeds and plant foods. Grandpa Ray Outdoors was started in 2015, but John has been in the seed and nutrition business since 1991. With over 14 different food plot blends to choose from, you're not going to have any trouble finding what you're looking for, whether that be fall blends, spring blends, corn and beans, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, soil test kits, you name it, they've got it. They're not just about selling their products, though. They're not about a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. They're going to answer any questions you have about what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you're going to get the best results possible. Like us, John and his team don't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. It's going to treat your you and your situation individually. We've used their seed on client um, client properties. We've used it on our own properties. I don't know how many tons of their seed that we've put in the ground, but it's always been as good or better than advertised. That's why we started partnering with them in the first place, and that's why we're going to continue to do that. Go check them out at GrandpaRayOutdoors.com and use the discount code RHOPODCAST. That's all lowercase, and you'll get 5% off your order. That's also a way you guys can support us while getting some of the best food plot seed on the market, in our opinion. Other ways you guys can support, go follow us on social media, uh, Ridge Hunter Outdoors on Facebook and Instagram. Those are the two that we use most often. We also have a Facebook group now for the podcast listeners. That's RHO Podcast Patrons. So go 
join that. You got to answer a couple questions and we'll let you in and you'll get some exclusive content on there. Well, a lot of times I'll let you know if we're having a guest on who it's going to be and open it up. If you want to ask them any questions, might ask you guys some questions for Q and a episodes as well, all that kind of stuff. Make sure you join the group. Um, it's really just kind of your normal outdoor hunting group with more of a focus on what we got going on on the podcast. That way you guys can keep up with that a little more. You also go to RidgeHunterOutdoors.com. That's our website. Anything you see on there, whether it be scents, apparel, seed, you can use the discount code RHOPOD. That's all caps, R-H-O-P-O-D, and get 10% off of your entire order. Make sure you follow us wherever you're listening right now, whether that be Apple, Spotify, or YouTube. On YouTube, it's the subscribe button. And then leave us a review as well on Apple or Spotify and then like and comment on YouTube. That stuff really helps us out. So without further ado, let's get into episode number 75 with Sean Harrington and Philip Hines from Not Your Mother's Outdoor Channel. This is the Rich Hunter Outdoors podcast. What's up, everybody? We're here with Sean Harrington and Philip Hines from Not Your Mother's Outdoor Channel. I got that right, right? Yep, yep. Okay, cool. How you guys doing? No, pretty good. Not cool, too man. bad. Cool, man. Not a bad drive down uh, just about an hour north of here, right? Uh, about, yeah, yeah, about an hour. Yep. We always talk about how we're in Kansas, so we'll just go with you're an hour <laughs> north of wherever we're at in Kansas. <laughs> that way they don't try to come hunt our deer. Yeah, we talk about big bucks, it's always yeah. Kansas. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> So let's start, Sean, um, like I was telling you guys before the podcast, before we got started, we always like on our first time guests to talk about kind of like your upbringing and hunting, I guess. So like who got you started and when you got started and was it some guys, you know, well, we talked to one guy, I think he got to start hunting grouse and, you know, some guys that squirrels with their grandpa. What's who kind of got you started into it? Uh, actually, my grandpa did. Yeah. I, my first year I killed was uh, U season. I was nine years old. It was hot. Yeah. Hot. I think it was 2010 or so. And by the time we got to the deer to gut it, it was covered in flies. It was oh, just yeah. that hot. Yeah. New season's like the second weekend in October, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But he really got me into it. And just every year I just went down there for deer camp, mm-hmm. which he actually lived just south only a little bit. Okay. And they had a deer camp down there. It was him and a few buddies that he grew up with that started this deer camp and and grandkids and everything would just right. run down there and hunted. Yeah. Cool. So you started right in hunting deer then. That's yeah. where you got your start. And with the shotgun obviously during youth season. Yep. Um when'd you pick up a bow and start that? Um I picked up a bow when I was about thirteen. Yeah. Do you remember what it was? It was a uh Browning yeah. youth model. Uh-huh. And it only pulled I think fifty pounds. Right is all it was and uh my first bow kill actually was in uh johnson county is that right yeah it was on like an 80 pound uh yearling or whatever you know it, mm-hmm. wasn't, it wasn't very big at all that was my first bow kill it doesn't matter when it's your first bow kill right yeah it was it was definitely exciting it set all weekend last day right before we left to head home yeah and yeah it was yeah so you uh, were you hooked on it after that oh yeah yeah oh, for yeah, sure for sure so you started bow hunting around 13 then. Uh, were you still hunting with somebody at that point? Yeah. Most of the time? Uh, yeah. I A lot of times I hunt with a whole bunch of people. Mm-hmm. And it was, 
just the the group aspect of like it. the camaraderie just, of yeah, it yeah and hang out with friends and stuff mm-hmm. but anymore that you know everybody's you know grown up got families own, oh yeah kind of on our own now but yeah you know, we sure. try to get together at least once a year yeah hunt so yeah cool that's one thing that i wish we could do more of or we could have done more of. of course he's got the that building over there is actually deer processing plant so during hunting season a lot of times we're busy cutting up deer yeah so we can't get a whole weekend or something for deer camp i mean we still get out and go plenty but I always like the aspect of doing the deer camp and hanging out with the guys. And even if you're not killing anything, you're coming back and, you know, blowing smoke up to everybody's butt <laughs> yeah. when you can get back to yeah. camp, right? Yeah. Yeah. Deer hunters don't do that. No, no sure. <laughs> They're about like fishing stories. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Time you tell. Yeah, That's absolutely. right. Bigger, bigger and better every year. Yep. Yep. So um, we'll get into, we'll stop there with you. Philip, what about you? Where'd you get started? Uh, Actually, it was with my uncle who uh, took me to hunter safety course when I was in the sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So I would have been about 12, 13 years old. Yeah. And I started out pheasant hunting. I had a 410 over and under with a 22 on top. Yeah. And let me tell you, that was exhilarating with a with a Brittany Spaniel. Yeah. Oh, man. There's Just, something about hunting with dogs. Oh, yeah. It yep. was it was an experience. Good dogs. Yep. <laughs> I don't know yep. if you've ever hunted with the bad dog. Yeah. There's I, something about that too, and it ain't the same. <laughs> no, no. The buckshot t- the buckshot tells a difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But then uh, my uncle's from Springfield. Uh, took me deer hunting for the first time. I was in sixth grade for the first time. Had a twelve gauge with a red dot scope. Mm-hmm. Never got to shoot anything. Yeah. The first couple of years, and my uncle's always. They always killed. Of course. And that was, that was the fun part of it. I yeah. didn't mind it. It was the camaraderie. We'd go and stay at Grandpa's house and have our own little deer camp. Yep. Then we finally got permission to park on the property, which was a lot closer to the woods we were hunting. Uh-huh. And they invited us over to deer camp, and throughout the years, I kept in touch with them. My uncles quit coming down here to hunt. Got into high school, had deer camp there. Mm-hmm. Just swapping stories. Shooting the crap, shooting the crap, and big old chili pots of chili. Oh, yeah, deer camp chili is the best. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. And uh, then, uh, after that, I was probably about fifteen when I got in got into bow hunting. Yeah, what was your first bow? Do you remember? PSE Nova. PSE Nova. Yep. It's it's amazing how many guys first bow with either a Browning or a PSE, or sometimes uh, what was that Hoyt Hoyt made like a Hoyt made a youth model. Uh, I used to sell archery back in the uh, late 80s and all the way through the 90s. And, yeah, they made a lot of 35 to 50-pound youth bows. Mm -hmm. Uh, Browning made a lot of them. A lot of guys that we've asked that to shoot Browning seems like, or a lot of guys you talk to, that was like their first bow or a PSE. Yeah, PSE Uh, made a ton of bows. They were pretty well available in that that range, price range, and also the poundage range where youth could pull them back because – 40 pound minimum yeah. hunting about 35 was about where people tried to start you know yep okay so same question for both of you first buck you remember it yeah yep all right you go first since we're still on you uh mine was with a muzzleloader believe it or not yeah and so it, was this during like muzzleloader only season back in the day no this was a second shotgun season okay okay um it was at 60 yards mm-hmm I had no clue that I hit him because of the powder. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the smoke. I was yep. like, man, I don't even know if I hit him. I always got a kick out of those guys that do the hunting shows and stuff, and they have muzzleloader season. 
and the guy shoots, and it's just a big cloud of smoke. Yeah. You're like, what What happened? You know, you have no idea. Yep. So then I climbed down out of my climber that I got. I was 16 at the time, and I still I still use the same climber to this day. Is it a Summit? Nope, it's River's Edge. Okay, yeah. It's, see. A, it's a heavy climber. It's yeah. all steel. Steel, steel. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. He's got an old steel Summit mm-hmm. the before they made, like, the aluminum ones, but... Yep. And that's that's my trusty climber. It'll dig into a tree, though, won't oh, it? Oh, yeah. yeah. No questions asked, and I climb any tree I want. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about it sliding. Yeah. Right. Climb a shaggy yeah. bark hickory, that thing, can't you? Yes, yeah, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All day long. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, so, neighbor heard me shoot where I parked my truck. He comes up on the four-wheel. He goes, did you get one? I said, I think I did. I, I seen him go over there. So, he comes up, climbed down out of the climber, and he goes, well, let's see if we can find blood. Okay. So, walked about 40 yards, finally found our first speck of blood. Mm-hmm. Ended up tracking him for about 45 yards, and, and that's where we found him bedded down. And he goes, he's bedded down. He ain't dead. He ain't dead yet. And I was like, oh, shit. What do I do? I was <laughs> like, well, he goes, you reloaded? I said, yeah, I reloaded right after I shot because, I, you know, I didn't really know. Right. It was the first time really truly hunting solo by myself. Yeah. Without my uncles. And so, he goes, well. Wait till he stands up. So he took a step, and that that buck stood up. And as soon as he stood up, he just killed over. Yeah. So <laughs> I got lucky with that, and he helped me bring it out. And I feel that was the first time I ever field dressed buck on my own. Yeah. That was the biggest biggest <laughs> excitement I ever had. But I tell you what, he might have been I don't know maybe an eight inch spread in between. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but don't still, matter. my first buck. You and, got the antler somewhere on the wall, yeah, or, I got or buried this, somewhere. I, it's skull mount. <laughs> yeah. And it's actually on the wall of my house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was exciting. And then I got my first big buck kill with a bow Yeah, uh, two years ago in Is that 2020. Right? And I shot him at 16 yards. I can't beat and that. And he ran 60. And yeah. I got to watch him pile over. And I tell you what, that's the best feeling ever to watch that's, him pile over. Yeah, that's the way you want it. Yep. You don't have to worry about, man, did I hit him good? Is he going to die? How soon is he going to die? Do I got to wait? You just... There he is, dead. I can go get him whenever I get down, you yep, know. Yeah, yep. that's the best way to do it. So, Sean, what about your first buck? <laughs> my my first buck actually was shot twice. <laughs> okay. I was hunting with my grandfather, and he was hunting just about 60 yards behind me. Mm-hmm. Well, I heard him shoot, and we used walkie-talkies. So, I, you know, I asked, called him, say you hit it. I don't know. I don't know. Well, it wasn't. 15, 20 minutes later, this buck come up from the side of me about where he shot. Mm-hmm. Well, I shot it, dropped it. Well, I got down because I could see mine was just laying there. He right. wasn't getting up, you know. Right. I got down. We went over to see my grandfather, you know, killed his, and we were going to blood trail it. Well, there was hair everywhere and this, that, and the other. Very little blood, though. Mm-hmm. So we load my deer up. We take it back, hang it up in the shed, get ready to skin it out. And I lifted the leg up and got to looking, and right on the the hind quarter, hind quarter there, it was missing all the hair and it was just skint clean. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. And I said, "Well, I found your deer." You know, <laughs> yeah. He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, it's missing all the hair off one leg." And uh-huh. It was. It was a slice right down. Just the leg. grazed him, yeah, huh? All the hair was missing. It was, that was the most memorable buck I've ever shot. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually the first one is, and that one's even more yeah. so, <laughs> for sure. But I, I haven't yet to kill one with a bow yet. So, is that right? Yeah. I've only killed those with my bow, so 
I'm it's, looking for that buck kill with a bow, yeah. Yeah, that's – well, you know, it, you can't beat it. No. Of course, you know that too, but, I mean, you can kill them with a gun, and that's awesome, and I like nothing against it at all, but there's just something different about shooting them with yeah. a bow, watching yeah. that arrow fly, and, yep. you know, even on those, you know, yeah. it's just different. To me, anyway, some guys probably don't think that, but – Well, see, I like bow hunting a lot better than gun hunting because I like to – close the distance i like to see how close i can get them before i can shoot right i have yet to really shoot any of my deer over 20 yards is that right everything's been within less than 20 there's nothing wrong with that because you know you're not well one deer that i shot last year was at 35 and this one i'm pretty sure he died but we didn't end up finding him and at that distance you know that's about as far as i want to shoot is 35 you know and really 30 probably most of the time but Day before shotgun season, I'd watched this deer all season long on cameras. Second time I'd seen him on the hoof. So he was there at 35, and I knew where he was going to come because the doe had come by before this, and he was on her trail. And I was kind of looking into the sun, but again, at 35 yards, even with the lighted knock, it's hard to tell where I hit him, you know. If you can get him down in there 20 yards and in, you pretty much know if you hit him or you didn't or you hit him good or not, you know. Exactly. That's the way, I mean, if you can do it that way, Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And a lot of guys, I think uh, there's certain guys, like I don't know if you guys know who John Dudley is or Cameron Haynes, big name bow hunters. Um, those guys, like, are known for bow hunting, right? And they just, that's what they do every day. That's their life. They just bow hunt. They're shooting deer at 60 yards with a bow, at, like like it's nothing, like yeah. we would at 20. Yeah. Okay, right. well, that's something. But I think there's a lot of guys who have a false confidence and will go out there and try to shoot deer at 50 or 60 yards with their bow. And they're either and just... shouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. They're either missing all of them or they're wounding all of them, you know. Yep. So I think it, it's probably better to err on the side of caution a lot of times or, or to be safe and yeah. not let your ego get in the way and just 30 yards are in, you know, 25 yards are in, unless yeah. you're really comfortable and really practicing. But, yeah, Most I guess guys a good don't way to do it. that much. No. Well, a lot of guys don't put the time in to shoot 60 yards regularly. Right. And I'm, when I mean 60 yards, I mean not practicing. And a lot of guys don't have the room to practice that That's much. That's a fact. No. Yeah. You know, not practicing at 20, and then every once in a while sling an arrow out there at 60. Well, hell, I hit a pie plate. You know, no, you probably still shouldn't be shooting at 60. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. And it's different if you can shoot 60 consistently. Exactly. And, and get yeah. within a, a half dollar size. Right. I yep. mean, half dollar at 60, you're doing something right. Exactly. And you're, and you're practicing that. Yep. Multiple times a week, you're shooting three to four days a week. Mm-hmm. And, the the people that have the equipment to shoot a half dollar size of sixty are few and far between. Let alone the skill. Yeah, yeah. Yep. You yep. can have the skills too. and not have the equipment. A lot of guys don't have the equipment. Okay. Yeah, and it's a totally different. You got to have your setup right, and your arrow weights, yep. and your draw weights, and everything's yeah. got to be right. Because again, even at thirty-five yards, so much can go wrong. Oh yeah, and change. Even just the know. slightest wind wind change yep. can yep. even knock your arrow off. Nick a limb, or if you just got. If you don't have your bow tuned up real good, that arrow starts doing funny things. Yep. Just yeah. yeah. Or get get one that's just a little off yep. from the other ones. Yep. It doesn't it doesn't take much, that's nope. for sure. For sure. So where when did you guys uh meet and <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> Sounds like a story. <laughs> we actually met through work. Okay. Um we're full time welders, uh factory welders actually. And, uh, First of all, good for you guys because we need more people that do that kind of stuff. Yeah, and it just so happens that you know there was kind of two of us guys training him, mm-hmm. and we just kind of got to talking about you know different stuff. You know, you're in the same area for ten hours a day, mm-hmm. 
you know, five days a week. So, you, I mean, you got to make friends or at least get along with people. At least get along, yeah. yeah. So you, you try to make conversation. We just kind of got talking about deer hunting and everything else, and and that's really how we met. Yeah. It's just really through work mm-hmm. and just having a passion for hunting and everything, fishing. But yeah, yeah, just outdoors in general. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, it's just – when you're with somebody for 10 hours a day, you got to try to find something in common. And then every now and then you find somebody who's got a lot in common or yeah. at least a similar interest, you know, and then it works out. So um, how did you guys end up doing the Not Your Mother's Outdoor Channel then from there? <laughs> well, it was actually one day at work Sean came up. He goes, well, how long was it between when you guys first started kind of talking at work and then when you started it? About a year. About a year? Yeah, because I had just hit my so, one-year yeah. anniversary, and we started talking about it. Because yeah. we started it in December. That was yeah. right after my one-year anniversary. Okay, cool. So now we're December of your one-year anniversary. You guys are... It was it was kind of more of a spur-of-the-moment thing. Yeah. We were already in, you know, December bow season, mm-hmm. shotgun season. You know, we're coming into late, late deer season, basically. Right. I said, hey, I want to start an outdoor channel. Are you in? And he goes... What do you mean? And I said, well, <laughs> right. You know, filming our hunts and, you know, put them on YouTube, you know, and get back to, you know, I'm tired of watching, you know, big bucks being killed. Right. That's that's all you ever see. Yeah. I said, that's that's not hunting to me. And he's like, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's, Do something that's a little more, uh, I guess, like common man kind of thing. Yeah. And yeah. It's not just the hunting, you know, the big bucks, but, you know, frog gigging. You're right. You know, and yep. coon hunting and... Mm-hmm coyote hunt stuff like that you know that's all everything hunting or fishing you yeah know, for sure that's what we want to do yeah i mean how many guys you know they're gonna go out there and film a rabbit hunt let right. alone yeah. a tree rat hunt <laughs> right i mean i taught my son how to say tree rat and teachers at school look at him tree rat <laughs> <laughs> yeah they have goes, no idea it's a squirrel yeah. <laughs> yeah. right we call him tree rat yeah looks like and, a rat and it lives in a tree <laughs> yeah yep. and you know i got into it with sean when he mentioned it and i was like yeah, you know, I started taking my then five-year-old, now he's six, started taking him hunting with me, and I still got the first time, first video that I took of him. First time I ever took him out in the deer blind, we had two young does come up about 35 yards. First time out in deer blind ever. He goes, Dad, Dad, there's deer right there. I said, no, just be still, just watch them, just see what they're going to do. He goes, Dad, they're getting closer. I was like, yeah, see, they're getting closer. <laughs> now they're about 20, 25 yards. He goes, Dad, you going to shoot? I said, no, I'm not going to shoot. He goes, why aren't you going to shoot? I said, because they need to grow a little bit bigger. Mm-hmm. He goes, well, why do they need to grow a little bit bigger? I said, so you get more meat, and so we can eat a little bit more because you <laughs> like that jerky, bud. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but after that, and once I told my son uh, that we were, we were starting an outdoor channel, my son's like, you mean I get to be on camera? <laughs> yeah. I said, yes, sir. He's all about it, huh? Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. And then trying to come up with the name. Oh, wow. Oh. Yeah. Kick around a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Not to mention our welding table was our chalkboard. Yeah. yeah. We used soapstone all the time, and we right. were writing stuff down, and we're like, man, we need something that's going to catch something, somebody's eye. Right. And we were throwing all kinds of stuff out. Yeah. I don't even remember them all. It was, it was you know, Writing something down, then going on, you know, YouTube, Facebook, see if it was already used. Uh huh. Sure, sure. Because there's so many people out there that's yep. doing it. Yeah, and, and it's not even necessarily that, but like you'll have someone that'll go out there, and it's like they just on a whim decided they were going to start this YouTube channel, and they posted like one two minute video, 
and then that was it. But yeah. they've still got that name taken, so or yeah. that user or that handle, and you can't use it. Yep. And that's a lot of them. That's what we've seen. Yeah. Is they got maybe one, two, three videos, and that's all they got. But they're three, four years old. Right. So, so you don't want the same name as him, and then it was just a just something off the wall, you yeah. know. Whole bunch of guys, you know, not your mother's outdoor channel. Yeah. Which yeah. I always had the idea of, you know, basing it off of uh oh, Bill Bates. Yeah. If I don't know if you ever watched him on Sunday mornings. I hmm. did. I know the name, I don't guess I ever watched him much. Uh he was a fisherman and like his outtakes and stuff, they were the funniest things <laughs> yeah. ever. And that's what I really wanted to do with right. the hunting channel. Right. Is because it's not all seriousness. Something like, that's authentic and yeah. genuine, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's the true aspect of hunting. I mean, like our first video we ever posted <laughs> are the ones that got away. I mean yeah. right. <laughs> it's a miss. I mean, uh the other guy who's with us, uh Kevin Morris, yeah, I mean his first shot he shot a hole through the blood <laughs> through the corner of the window <laughs> yeah. and missed missed it and yeah. you know that's that's something we can still come back on this day and still tell that story and still get a laugh about yeah. it. It's like it's reality though, yeah. right? Yeah. It's not it, as it produced. Happens. And sure. there's you know, there's a place for that and I get that. There's guys that do it. We've talked to guys on the podcast that are more of a part of that more produced type of show and stuff they're doing. And like I said, you know, there's a place for that and that's fine. But I think like what you guys are talking about, you don't see as much of what you're trying to do. And yeah. I think that's good that you're trying to do it, you know, and show that kind of stuff too. Cause people need to see that. Yep. I mean, it's great to see the big bucks and get you excited about wanting to go out there and okay. If I do these things, you can pick up things from those guys that are going to help you. Yep. Right. But you also understand that maybe you don't have the budget or the time that those guys do. Yep. And it's all right to go out there and shoot a hole through your blind because <laughs> yeah. somebody else is doing it. Yeah, you know, right. they yeah. might not be telling everybody, but they've done it. Right. <laughs> and I'm so glad they make camouflage duct tape. That shit covers <laughs> up them holes pretty good. Yep. yep. But I mean, you know, even with that, I mean, we're just trying to feed our family. I mean, the price of groceries just keep going up, yeah. and you know, it's like, well, what are we gonna do? I mean, right. well, there's only so many weekends that we can hunt because we all work five mm -hmm. days a week. I mean. Right now, Kevin's out farming in the fields. He's fighting his sheds. He don't get to go shed hunting, so he's fighting them in the yeah. fields while he's tilling them up. Right. Hopefully he's not Hope. finding them with a tractor tire. <laughs> That's all right? I was going to say. So yeah. far, he's found three good sheds, and yeah. it's looking pretty good. One of them is one of the properties that we hunt quite a bit, yeah. and they're really nice sheds. Some of the deer that we've been watching throughout the year, mm -hmm. and they're, they came off with three-year-old bucks, and we're starting to kind of – categorize what bucks are what and right. what bucks we've been seeing if we got mm -hmm. new ones coming and that's what we're trying to get into and let them grow a little bit older before we start taking them we want to take good mature deer right right and that's just healthy for the herd overall yeah. too yeah. you know you can get out there and shoot the, like if you're talking about needing meat for the freezer you can get out there and shoot a doe or whatever and if like there's guys again that the only thing, the only opportunity they got, they're hunting one weekend out of the year and a little buck walks by, or even if that's just what they're looking for yeah. and they're happy with that, yeah. that's awesome, man. Yep. But if you're wanting to do like what you guys are talking about, shoot those does, yeah. you know, yep. fill the freezer with them and let those younger bucks walk, and then you got the best of both worlds. Yep. Yeah. Which is it, what we pretty much done most of the year. Yeah. 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 We didn't, we definitely didn't take any wall hangers this year. Well, Kevin did. Kevin took yeah, a wall hanger yeah. this year. Yeah, he shot a nice one. Yeah, he shot about a four and a half, five year old buck. Mm -hmm. Came in on him about thirty five yards. 
scared the crap out of him at first because <laughs> I remember him texting me about it because we were hunting probably about 100 yards away from each other. He was hunting hillside acorn patch, and I was hunting hayfield. Mm-hmm. Well, at that point in time, this, this was probably uh, right before Christmas, I want to say. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, and... We didn't get it on. We didn't get it on camera. Of course, right? <laughs> right, and it's like, oh man, I wish we would have had the cameras in. Mm-hmm. And he shot him, and here I was. I was trying to call in a turkey. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, here it is yeah. deer season, and you know, I'm starting to sweat in the stand. I was like, you know what? I hear turkeys gobbling in the distance. I'll just call in some turkeys. Uh-huh. And as I'm calling turkeys in, he's texting me. He goes, dude, I got a buck, and he's coming in. He's coming in about 30, 35 yards. It's like. Well, shoot, shoot him! <laughs> yeah, what shoot are you him telling me for? Him, what are you telling me? Yeah, I want to see the aftermath. You're right. And then after he if done you that, kill him, I'll be able to see him. You don't have to text me about him, <laughs> right? And he goes, "I shot him, but I don't know if I hit him. I didn't even see my arrow because my brother he shoot. I call him my brother. We've no, we've been friends for over 30, 33 years. Yeah, grew up with each other, and it's nice to share the same passion with him. Mm-hmm. And he goes. Well, I shoot a crossbow. I didn't even really see it because he shoots a raven. And you, with them ravens, you can't even see that bolt. No, Once you no. let go of that thing, no, it doesn't matter yeah. whether you got a lighter knock or not. You, no, ain't, you ain't seeing, seeing anything. It. No. Especially in the day, like, that bright, you know. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's just last light, maybe you catch that lighted knock. But even yep. then. Yep. So I climbed down out of the stand, going to go walk up there, and then I get a text from him. He goes, hey, I found blood. So he started walking. He found him about. 100 yards away, yeah, not too far from the field edge, which made it great for me because I'd just go get the side-by-side. Uh-huh. Well, as I'm getting ready to climb down, I got a doe coming up. So we doubled up that day. <laughs> yeah. And I drew back on this big, mature doe. And as soon as I let that arrow fly, that doe steps forward and a youngin' steps in. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I wasn't even counting on that shot. Right. Oh, I ended up tracking her for a mile and a half. Oh, man. And it turned out, that it ended up by the road. So that well, it, ended it worked up out nice. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Only had to drag maybe 30 yards right. to the road, but you it was still. You didn't have to drag her a mile and a half at least. Right. It was yeah. still uphill and downhill, but still. Right. Yep. It was worth it. Found my arrow and his good clean shot. Mm-hmm. But yeah, me and him's doubled up two times this year. We doubled up on uh, the second day of opening weekend. Uh, I got a doe first, and then he ended up getting a doe that evening. Mm-hmm. So we doubled up this year, which is a rare occasion for him and me to double up. Yeah, that's cool. So it sounds like you guys had a pretty good season then, overall. Yeah. Yeah. Was this, uh, how many seasons have you been doing the YouTube channel now? Uh, the first one. The first this, is, this is your first full season? Yeah. Okay, well, cool. Well, it wasn't even a full season. Quarter season. Okay. Yeah. So. Okay, so this was like this past December. Yeah. Okay, cool. December cool. of 22 is gotcha. when we started it. Gotcha. And, you know, we, Sean and I, uh, we actually, we're diving into something we haven't really ever dived into. I mean, we're no expert turkey callers by no means. I mean, we're just trying. <laughs> I don't even even know how to work a box call. But <laughs> today was pretty decent. <laughs> yeah. Man, I can't run them mouth calls. They just, I, they just tickle the crap oh, out yeah, of the yeah, yeah, I cannot yeah. do it. Can't do it. Fortunately for me, Nate goes with me, and he can run a call pretty good. But, uh, yeah, you said you guys went this morning, so you got third season then. Yeah. I got third season yeah. too, so. Yeah, we uh, – You got in some birds at least, maybe? Well, we uh, heard them this morning. <laughs> That's half the battle anymore. 
They were actually south of us up on top of the hill because we ended up walking through the bottoms and coming back up on top. We could see where they scratched up the uh-huh. And we heard them, but, yeah, we never could get them to come in. Right. Around here in Kansas, uh, <laughs> there's places the birds are a little thin right now. Yeah, they can be. They're hard to find in yeah, places. Right, right around in our area. I don't know about up where you guys are from. Well, actually, up where I've got two different groups of 50. Yeah, that's yeah. good. You know? That's, that's really good, yeah. Yeah. I'm, you know, used to, we'd see that around here pretty often. And I mean, there'd be groups of 100, 150 birds, you know, that would stay in the fall. Yeah. You know, and then, of course, they break up in the spring, but we just don't see that anymore. We got so many coons and... The bobcats are getting hard on the ones that do make it. Nobody yeah. hunts coon. Nobody coon hunts anymore. Well, the coyotes are going crazy, and the mm-hmm. bobcats are populations growing. So all those predatory, yeah, creatures for the turkeys have, have really, I think, hurt them. We uh, when we walked, got out this morning in the blind and started walking down around the bottoms. We actually see the coon up on top of the hill. He was mm-hmm. going up in his. Uh, den tree this morning. Yeah. Hey, but we didn't call it a coon. I called it a trash panda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And the coyotes up by us, just unreal. Yeah. They're thick too. Yep. I mean, uh, a buddy of mine killed 80 something last year by himself. Yeah. Uh, uh, another guy we know well, Jeff's buddy killed, he kills probably over 100 every yeah, year. He's got those by himself. thermals and everything. He's into it big time. Yeah. You guys do any of that too? Are uh, going to try to do any of it well, on the channel? I, uh, we tried. Yeah. <laughs> I bought an expensive thermal. It's, That's another. There's an art into calling coyotes too. There is. Yes. Especially like the ones around here. They get called all the time and yep. used to it. And you got to know what, yeah. what to do and when to do it. But no, we, uh, I bought a thermal for my gun and bought a call and stuff, which. We got a lot of property up up by us that we can get on and hunt mm-hmm. coyotes because people want them gone. They got cows, sure. and sheep, oh, goats, yeah. and stuff. oh yeah, you know they just they want them gone, so they don't they don't mind if you hunt on them or all you gotta do is ask. You know, sure, yeah, right. Way you, they know you're out there, but yeah. As far as like uh, I don't know about down here, but up there we really don't have the bobcats like so yeah. the southern part does. You know. We're starting to see more all the time. Are you? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, I'm worried that, and I've said this on the podcast several times, that the state is not going to let us kill enough of them that they're going to end up being like coyotes eventually. Yeah. Because yep. right now it's the limited draw, and I think I know one guy that got a permit this year, and he ended up filling it, but the amount of pictures that I get of bobcats and seeing them on the stand. The amount of people you talk to. Yeah. Not necessarily like you know, over at the shop where we process yeah. deer, the guys are bringing in deer, not necessarily what they're reporting on the on the computer yeah, when they yeah, check yeah. it in, but what they're telling you, uh, I think I think the state might be a little overprotective on the bobcat side. Well, and that's what something that if you are seeing them while you're hunting and you're yeah, doing your harvest better, reporting, yeah. you got to report them. Yeah. Because yeah. if you don't, then the state, that's how they get their information. Yeah. And if they only see that one out of every 20 guys or something's reporting they've seen bobcasts when in reality 10 or 15 of them are yeah then that that could be part of the issue too which, which i mean the guys that are you know filling out the harvest reports are the only guys that are harvesting something what about the guys that exactly exactly harvesting anything you know where do they report to yep but you know? you're right they don't you're right and yep. then the only way that they're gonna report it is if they're hunting public land mm-hmm. because you have to fill out right. what all you see because you know good old state of illinois you got to have that window tag oh yeah yeah especially any park you hunt at yep 
and it they ask you all the questions. You see this or that. See any bobcats, pigs, mm-hmm. turkeys, and whatnot. Yep. I mean, back when we when the hogs first started coming in, oh, it was crazy because we'd go hunting and we wouldn't see any deer, but yet we seen all kinds of hog sign. Yeah. And that was when they first started and we were hunting bottom ground and it it was just all tore up. We didn't hardly harvest anything down there in that, that yeah. whole year. Yep. So you guys got hog issues up there then? Uh not Somewhat. as not as bad as what it first was. Yeah. I think a lot of people started taking them and not even reporting them, but well, that's on them. They're just trying to protect their crops, and I don't blame them. I don't either. You, can go and get those you ever been around where hogs are? They will stay. Yeah. There's not no, not much more destructive than a hog. Yep. And they get well. They have such big groups of offspring. Yeah. When they have them, at a time. Yeah. Yeah. twice a year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they can By get out of hand mice. quick. Yeah. You know. Yeah. yeah. They really are. They can get out of hand quick. So it's we're fortunate we don't have that issue. But the bobcat thing is one that I could see being an issue. At some point, but it sounds like like you guys are saying you don't see a whole bunch of them up there yet. No, no. I well, when I was hunting in Johnson County ten years ago or so, you know, when I was young, it wasn't nothing to see fifteen at night. Yeah, you know, just cruising the back roads. You know, right. I can only imagine what it is like now. Yeah, and I've been down there in ten years. Well, that's what. Like I said, one guy that I knew got a permit this year, and all my buddies that call. Because I put in for one and said, hey, if you get that, let me know. I know where we can go kill one. Guaranteed, we'll go kill a cat. Like, no problems at all. They know where to find them. And yeah. they're, they're that easy to kill, find and kill. Now, some guys, you know, some places they are still a little harder to find and you have trouble with them. And it's just like a coyote. You still got to call them and work yeah. them in. But yeah. you know where it's, they're not that hard to find out where they're at, you know, because everybody's seen them anymore, at least yeah. down here in this part of the world. Yeah. But And they're getting hard on, that's why I say they're getting kind of hard on the turkeys too. The younger ones that do make it between them and the coyotes, you know. Yeah. So, are you guys going to do some uh, turkey hunting content then for the YouTube channel? Is that the plan? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're working on it. Yeah? You know, but yeah. It's, it's definitely slow. This and morning, that's only so. if the birds will cooperate with us instead yes. of playing games with us right now. <laughs> yeah. Right now, it's birds one and not your mother's out <laughs> channel zero. Yep. <laughs> well, that happens. <laughs> yep. So, question, uh, you talk, said something about fishing. Do you guys set any bank poles or you just do bass fishing or what, do you, uh, what kind of fishing do you do? If you can catch it on a line and reel, we'll do it. Yep, pretty much. I didn't know if you guys set any pole bank poles out of your boats or. Uh, we're we uh, plan on going down to the Ohio this year. Okay, I got a buddy okay. that lives within ten mile of the Ohio, so we got mm-hmm. a place to stay, and he's got a boat, and I've got a boat. So there you go, there you go. And we got about a hundred bank poles between us. Yeah, yeah. Me so. and uh, well, Canyon as well, and then a, another buddy of ours that does podcast, Jeff. Jeff, uh, we got a john boat and we do a little bank pulling here on the river close to us and uh, we don't do serious but we have a lot of fun at it catch a few fish here yeah and there. yeah mm-hmm. that's what it's all about is the fun of it because there ain't nothing better when you're running bank poles and you see that pole slapping one oh, mm-hmm. yeah. or you're coming up on your last pole and you're like man i know that pole's here somewhere and then you <laughs> go and turn around and name the spotlight on it, and then you start seeing that pole and it's been underwater and it pulled yep. up to it like Whoa, that's the biggest one I ever had on a pole. Right. Then you go and pull the line up, and you got a 65-pound blue cat on it. It's like, I ain't never seen a big blue cat like that. Uh-huh. I think the biggest one we caught was we pulled up to the pole, and it just lined still. He just laying on the bottom. Yeah, it looked like there wasn't anything even yeah. on it, you yeah. know. 
And Jeff grabbed a hold of that. There was something there. Yeah, until you grabbed a hold of it, he wore himself out. Yeah. Which, they, were, they were exciting ones right there. Oh, yeah. Yes. yeah. Yeah. We're not talking about like 50 pounders on this river or anything, but still good size. Yeah. Good size yeah. fish, you know. Which I'm sure you guys run into that on the Ohio. Yeah. Fairly yeah. common. I mean, I've never fished a big river. I mean, we fish uh, down below Carlisle there on the Cascadia. Yeah. And I fished outside Vandalia on the Cascadia. And run it, and that that whole river is just like a big old long snake. I mean, yeah. there's so yeah. many. Yeah, Kaskaskia's got. I'd say you got some decent catfish there. Don't oh you? yeah, yeah, they got some real good ones. I mean, the flats are a little harder to get, harder to get because there ain't a whole lot of them, and you there's know, just we, so much river for them. Same thing. There's there's holes are in in the river we fish where you might run into some flatheads now and then, but it's mostly channel cat. Yep. Yeah, channel and blue cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they say that. Flathead won't eat anything that's not live bait, which I'm obviously guys have proven that wrong. But like as far as we have, we go. We've never caught a flathead on anything except live bait. No cut bait, no nothing. They've never bit it for us. Hmm. Which I know they do from time to time, but it does seem like they'd like the live bait better at least. Yeah, we usually use a you know two three inch little bluegill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Best thing. Yep. Now you guys just luck with catch them and then just keep them alive till you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Use a shad net. Usually cast them out. Right, right. Catch them and yeah. hook them up live. Yeah. You do it the easy way. Me and me and Kevin, we do it the hard way. We got this one pond and it's loaded with nothing but warmouths. I mean, loaded full yeah. of them. Throw them out there, catch them on little bitty hooks. Keep mm-hmm. put. They keep pushing that worm up the line. We just <laughs> yep. I mean, it ain't it ain't nothing for us to catch over a hundred and fifty warmouths in about an hour and a half. Right. I mean, that pond's just loaded. So you talk about uh, gigging, yeah, you, you gigging frogs too. Dude. Oh yeah, you know yeah. you'd be surprised. Not many people do that anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. We didn't get a chance to do that at all last year. And uh, we gig. Oh, we're gonna get. We're gonna gig some this year too. So that I I enjoy frog legs. I enjoy gigging them. Mm-hmm. I uh, mean, frog legs are just like chicken chickens <laughs> of the water. I mean. I'm telling you, better, yeah, better, than, better than chicken. Yeah. I really like getting them live. I like getting, catching them, catching them live with my hand. Yeah, if I can I've seen some guys doing that, yeah, without having to gig them, right? They last a whole lot longer. You don't have to worry about them stiffening up before you skin them. Or yeah, right, like that, right. You know? But yeah, if I can, if I can get a hold of them with my hands, I'd rather do that. Than you got like hold. local farm ponds. You just yeah. like your favorite, yeah. favorite fishing hole. You got your favorite yeah. gigging hole. Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've done it on the river. That's even more challenging. Yeah, getting I'd the say. log jams. Yep, I have. Orange. Caught a few frogs on the river. I wouldn't say that I gigged them, and but yeah. uh, they're that's that's a challenge as well. Yes, it is. Yeah. There's yeah. some big frogs there though. If you can get into them, oh yeah, yeah definitely. And you know, Sean's talking about catching stuff with his hands. <laughs> our uh, one of our sponsors, which is WTF Camo, which is uh-huh. Whitetail Forensics. <laughs> we were there at the Iowa Classic, and Sean made the comment. Well, we're just going to prove how good this camo is. I'm going to try to catch a turkey by hand. <laughs> yeah. So that's what we're, that's one of our goals for this season. Catch a turkey. Huh? Catch a turkey by hand. There you yeah. go. That would be a good... If uh, we can do that... That would be good marketing for the old camo. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. 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 So, I mean, this camo pattern that we got is by far... It's different than anything I've ever used. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, when we went and had pictures taken, that's when I became a full believer in it. 
I mean, when we first saw well, it. You couldn't see it on the camera or what? Well, <laughs> no, you couldn't really tell our shape. We looked yeah. like we blended in with the tree. Yeah. I mean, we looked like we were branches and everything. I mean, it is definitely off the wall, and it mm-hmm. definitely breaks up your figure 100%. The only thing I've ever seen that comes close to it is uh, the old ASAT camo that was kind of popular for a while, and it was not big, uh, like, nationally, I don't think. It was kind of more of a local thing, too. But, yeah, it's definitely different, the WTF camo is, for sure. Yep, and it's it's a new company. I mean... Yeah, I was it, thinking they were pretty new. Yeah, they just launched in 2021. I mean, they they done the research, and they started their research in, what, 2016, 20, 2016 2017, yeah, somewhere around like there. And they done the science behind it, and... You know, as we all know, science never lies. No, <laughs> yeah, a, a friend of mine wears that, too. He's always tagging him on Facebook and stuff. I'll see him wearing his WTF camo. And, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting. So, um, where are they out of? Um, they're out of Pennsylvania. Is that right? Yeah. Out of the mountains of Pennsylvania. Yeah. We got a guy that's been on the podcast oh, four or five times now. Steve Shirk's his yeah. name. He, worked, he, he writes for... For North American whitetail, and then uh, he hunts out there in the mountains. He does public land guiding out in Pennsylvania in the mountains okay. and all that. So those guys out there know how to hunt. Oh yeah, it ain't like us with fentros and yeah. agfields. Yeah. Like they yep. they know how to hunt. Yeah, and what led uh, Tim, which is the owner of uh, Whitetail Forensics, is his brother told him. His brother's a diehard mountain hunter. I mean, yeah, he goes, if this ain't comfy, if it's not quiet. I ain't going to wear it. Right. Well, his brother's a firm believer on it, and his brother's killed all kinds yeah. of critters with it. I mean, and <laughs> it's kind of funny. I can't wait to meet Tim's brother because he sounds <laughs> like a hoot. <laughs> He's yeah. one I would love to swap stories with yeah. just here. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm looking forward to that day I get to meet Tim's brother. That's a interesting thing, too, about the camo is there's so many good patterns anymore. you got to find something that, Either you believe in that works, you got to have confidence in it. It's got to be comfortable, and quiet's a big thing, oh, too. Yeah. You want something that's quiet, especially if you're sneaking through the woods trying to get to a stand or doing spot and stalk or anything yeah. like that. And I would imagine out in the mountains, especially, like he's probably doing a lot of still hunting, walking through the woods and stuff, yeah. too. So, Well, just like today, we took off to a different property, and we didn't have any decent on, and here we are walking and trying to do a little bit of calling, and we came up on deer that was less than 10 yards from us. We didn't even, right. we weren't even looking for deer. And yeah. all of a sudden we see that white tail. And I was like, Sean, did you see that? He goes, yeah, that's not even 10 yards from us. <laughs> <laughs> and it seemed like all day, it just seemed like that's all we were seeing. We're, we're chasing deer when we're trying to chase, <laughs> yeah, right. we're trying to hear a gobble. <laughs> yeah. Now when you go deer hunting this fall, all you see starts to change. Yep. 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 So how'd you guys get hooked up with them? Um, actually, uh, I seen that camo for the first time at Lots Outdoors there in St. Peter. It's, okay. uh, that is actually our archery shop. Yeah. Uh, okay. That's our hometown archery shop. And Sean, he's, he's, Sean Lots is a really great guy. Yeah. And he had that camo. I go, what the hell is that? I ain't never seen something like that. He goes, oh, that's the WTF. I was like, wait a minute. You mean what the... Right. And he's like, no, I don't stand for that. It's kind of catchy. So after that, I told Sean, I I told Sean about it and we started looking into him. I was like, that's a different camo pattern. And so we sent Tim an email and told him what we were about. And Mm -hmm. Tim was hooked. 
Yeah. I mean, we had a call with him, and our call was only supposed to last, what, a half hour? Yeah. Yeah, it ended up being, like, two hours long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, uh, we're actually, we are Illinois field representatives yeah. for them. So cool. For the entire state. Yeah. There will not be any other WTF camo field representatives cool. unless they are tied to Not Your Mother's Outdoor Channel. Yeah. That's cool. And it's good that they do that, too. And a lot of that stuff is building relationships. And obviously, it sounds like you guys hit it off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good when you go to the Iowa Classic and the owner of WTF Camo goes, well, if I don't buy your dinner, I'm going to have to send you a W-2. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, <laughs> kind of segue into that, what took you to Iowa Classic? Have you been there before? Is this nope, your first that was year? Our, that was our first time going. First time ever going to any Classic. And yeah. For, for me, anyways. Um. Yeah, I, I haven't even been to ones up north or nothing like that, and it just so happened he was going to be there. We haven't met up yet, so right. why not? Like, Might as it's well. only okay. six and a half hours. It's a little vacation. Let's just mm-hmm. go ahead. Right, you know that's kind of well, last year was our first year up there, and that's kind of what I thought. Like, and we did that more to last year to promote uh, the management consulting stuff, and then you know I was just like. Well, you got to put in for it and apply for it to be a vendor there. Like, well, right. I might as well see what happens because that's like the mecca of whitetail shows, yeah. right? Like, yeah. that's the one. That and the Dixie State Classic down in Alabama or Georgia or wherever it's at. And I thought, well, we'll just put in for it, see what happens. And sure enough, they said they had a booth space available for us, so we got in there. And then this year, they were nice enough to work with us and get us back in there. But as far as I'm concerned, we'll go up there every year that they'll let us because yeah. it's just, I mean, it's an awesome show every year, and you meet cool people up there. Obviously, it's where we met yeah, you guys, yeah. you know, and gosh, we had occasionally they have a nice deer or two in that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. We kind of, we couldn't quite find our way to that room. Yeah. I, mean, I think after we left you guys, <laughs> it just kind of all went down. You guys, you guys need to go to the deer and beer fest too, then. That, we are. Yep, are we you? Yep. Yep. Yeah. We'll be there. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to be there uh, with Sean Lotz. Yeah, uh, our local archery shop. Cool. He's, he's going to be there. Now, is he be there as a booth, or is he just going up there to no, enjoy the stuff? No, he's going to be there or? as a booth. Okay, yeah. cool. It's uh, lots outdoors. All right. And we're excited because I've never been there. I've always wanted to go. I've always heard about it. Yeah. And it's like, well, my sister lives in Bloomington now, so there you if go. we really need to, we got a place to crash. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we went to that one last year for the first time as well, or this past August. And that's a good show for, like, because we do scents and stuff, too. Uh, that was a good show for us to promote that because it's rolling into the season. It's hard for me to want to go try to sell scents in March. Yeah, you know what right, I mean. Yeah. And then it's got to sit around till October, or September. So anyway, that's why I went down there. I thought, well, it'd be a good show. It's about the biggest show closest to the season. Yeah, right. So I thought we'll go check that one out too. And it's called the Deer and Beer Fest, so I knew we would fit in. Right, <laughs> right. Ta-da, I mean, ta-da. <laughs> yeah, it does go kind of. <laughs> it it does. I mean, so. What better way what? to attract people than... Why, Philip? whatever do you mean? <laughs> exactly. I mean, yep. come on. I mean, here we are, two guys from Timbuktu, and we're here in, yep. at the Iowa Classic, and wouldn't you know we run into somebody from the same state? <laughs> right. Who would have ever thought Within it? Within an hour. Yeah. yeah. Who would have thought it would have been over a PBR? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right? Yep. Uh, yeah, we went up We went up to the, the Deer and Beer Fest, and it was a, it was a really good show. Like... Obviously, it's not Iowa, and they had Friday was really busy, and Saturday till noon was really busy, but they had some stuff going on, like they had an auction last year, and they did some some different things, but Cole Thompson's the one that runs that show, 
and he they're he sent an email out to all the vendors, which I thought was real cool of him, where they're going to change some things this year. And like he took the constructive criticism from everybody, right? And he's going to change things. I think it's going to be even better show this year. So we're I'm looking forward to being back up there for that one. I think it'll be a good. Time. I wasn't able to go last year, but I, I'm going to make plans to try to go this year. And then we've got uh, the guy we had on, which will have been last week's episode. Um. Luke from Publicly Challenged podcast. You guys ought to check that one out too. He's got some have some good guests on there, and he's got a good show. But that's where I met him last year, which led to us having him on the show as well. So it's the same thing as Iowa. You get to meet new people and make connections with guys, and it is a smaller show too. So it's like y'all see some of the same people, quite a few of the same people you'll see at every other yeah. show, but you have more opportunity to talk to them. Kind yeah. of more you know. of a personal, yeah. Personal thing. for sure. Everybody's yeah. not so hammered with people all yeah. day long and yeah. busy, and it's you don't want to take away from them trying to meet their potential clients or whatever. Yeah. Right. So you don't want to bother them. You got to catch them either before or after. But this one's like you can walk around. There's some downtime in it, you know, and you can walk around and meet people. Which actually it. worked out great for us there in Iowa because we were walking around Saturday, and that's where we met this cool guy. His name is Bailey Smalls. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it was it was all over a kayak. That looked like it was a layout, a kayak with a layout was, blind. Yeah. And he told us, he goes, well, heck, I'll invite y'all to come to Missouri and come duck hunting with us. Heck, yeah. He goes, I, I ain't even going to charge you anything. All you got to do is get your tags and your license and come out and we'll throw some beers down, mm -hmm. take you out, hunt some ducks, and I'll let you know when the ducks are coming in and when they're flying. I was like, hell, that sounds like a great time. Just let us know. We'll heck be yeah. there. Yeah. You can get a uh, like a daily small game permit for uh, Missouri, and it's like fourteen bucks or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. That's the way to go on that. My, we're on a not us. Me and my uncle are on a lease, uh, southeastern Missouri, and that's what I do. I'll go over there with them and hunt pits down there, and they got a lot more birds than we do in yeah. Illinois. Oh yeah. yeah. If you guys duck hunt any or not, uh, um, we're actually going to be into that this year. It's an yeah. expensive hobby, just like everything else in hunting. Yeah, but. I done went and bought a new shotgun. Yeah, well, <laughs> new to me. I wouldn't right. say it was new, new, right. but. You know, it's hey. kind of like that first deer you shoot with the bow. Yeah. Once you get that first good group locked in and they drop and they come right into the set and you yeah. knock it down about six of them or you shoot six times and miss all of them, you know, between the two of yeah, you. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> we do a lot more shooting than we do killing. But it's, I mean, you'd just be hooked after that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you guys would be the same way because, you know, like you're into so many other things in the outdoors. It's yeah. just. I was hooked ever since the first one that came in like that. Well, I'm, I'm real big on skeet shooting anyway. Yeah. So, so, you know, trying to shoot a flying target. Shoot them, uh, get your skeet going left yeah, and right. Left <laughs> and right. <laughs> yeah. That's a whole different ball game than yeah. just going away from you. Yeah, but yeah, yeah that'll I'm, be fun. I I like hunting moving targets. So. Oh, yeah. Yep. So, and you guys going to try to get that on the channel too? Yep. Is yep. It, so, it, it sounds like the outdoor channel is aptly named because it's just pretty much – everything right yeah, yep. it really is um was that the idea you guys had from the beginning just to be everything outdoors Every, yeah everything everything outdoors and everything that we're gonna do as far as you know whether we get a test product for the outdoors or whatever <laughs> it is you know something we're gonna use in the field because we're you know the blue color guy so we, we pinch our pennies for what we got right so we gotta you know if we get something, we're going to test it. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, we're going to make sure our money's going to the right place. So, you oh, know, yeah. we're going to use it and put it to the test. Yep. And, and put it to the max. Because <laughs> we, we want to stretch that dollar as far as we can. That's right. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, yeah, got not a local only. Bait shop. Yeah. 
not only hunting everything outdoors or fishing everything, you know, we're, if you can use it outdoors mm-hmm. as far as hunting or fishing, we're going to do it. Right. Yep. We do the same thing too, like the guys that we work with. I don't want to partner with anybody whose stuff that I'm not going to use exactly. or that I haven't used already and that I, you know, that I don't like. I'm not going to partner with something like that because I'm, we're telling other people to use this stuff, yeah. right? Yeah. Just yeah. like your you're, camo. Yeah. You're, you're trying to sell it to other people. Why would you want to sell them something that you don't even like? Exactly. You know, you're not even going to use. You're, you're putting your name behind that. Exactly. Your name, you know, in our world kind of means something. It does. Yeah. You know, it's just not. It should. Yeah. It, it, that's it all it is. Like, you yeah. guys are not your mother's outdoor channel. Like, that's your brand. Yeah. Yep. You know, and if you put that brand behind some crappy product that doesn't work. Then that's what they're going to think. Or that just something that's gimmicky. Person. Yeah. They're going to think, well, not your mother's outdoor channel. It's just some gimmick. Yeah. You know, yep. that's what and they're going to do. That's not what we want. Right. You know, we, yep want to, you know, put our money where our mouth is, basically, mm-hmm. you know, and just really get back to the heart of everything. Yeah. You I know, mean, spending the American dollar on something that's worth it and right. feeding your family at the same yep. time. Especially yeah. if they're local. I mean, just like uh, the bait and tackle shop we got, it's a, this is his first spring open. Mm-hmm. He does ba- he does bass fishing tournaments and everything, and uh, it's AJC uh, bait and tackle out of, out of Florida, Illinois, and I mean, you know, it's, he's he's younger than what we are, and he's just starting out, and mm-hmm. that's what we like because right. he's out there putting his stuff that he's selling, he's putting it to the test, mm-hmm. and yet he's gambling on us to also put it to the test. I mean, we're not professional fishermen by no means. <laughs> I right, mean, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick it in a tree and see how long it takes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean – we don't want to back anybody that's just going to sell something or, yeah. you know, promote anything that's junk. They're just out yeah. to line their pockets. We're not out for that. We're yeah. out for people that's using it to survive to make it their day-to-day means. They're going to spend their hard-earned money on it. You yep. want to make sure it's a good product yeah. for them. Yep, and yep. that's what we're looking for. Yep. And that's why we partnered up with uh, Sean Lotz there at Lotz Outdoors. He's a local bow shop. This is his, He's getting ready to hit his one-year anniversary. And, you know, I've known Sean for, I don't know, two, three years. And he's just a down to earth kind of guy, and you can go in there, walk walk in there, and he just wants to start shooting the shit with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I yeah. mean, it's not even about hunting; it's about what's going on with him personally. I Typical mean, archery shop guy. Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> well, I run one for twenty years. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> He'll also look at you and tell you you're kind of an idiot for buying a two hundred dollar <laughs> lease because it's <laughs> a whole lot cheaper. Whole lot cheaper. Yep. Sometimes they get you. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah, Iowa yeah. Deer Classic definitely got me. Yeah. And how That's does that two hundred dollar release taste, Sean? Uh, it's still in the package. Let's <laughs> just go with that. That happens too, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, that's like I said. That's something we try to do is, and you know, smaller guys. Uh, Grandpa Ray's is not necessarily a small outfit by any stretch of the imagination, but they were one of the first guys we started working with because I'd use their stuff on client properties before planting it. And I mean, it's just always really good seed. You get. Your money's worth out of it because it's not all filler like you get on the Walmart shelf. Yeah. You know, he's just about having good seed. So that's kind of why I actually used him in the first place. And then when we did the podcast, kind of become a dealer for him, and it all just worked out. But like uh, Rodney Hawkins that's got a few things up in Flora, actually RG Outdoors, um, and he's a land specialist with Midwest Farm and Land. So he's a guy that Nate kind of knew growing up, and we knew, and he was starting out as RG Outdoors. Um, and he's kind of wanting to put his Midwest farming land out there a little more, so we decided we work with him. There's uh, the Racks Big Game Supplements. They're just a veteran-owned company right. that started doing supplement stuff, you know, and I'm all about that too. Like if I can 
and help out a veteran company or veterans in oh, any yeah, way, yeah, we're going to yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, you yeah. know, we've, we met a guy there at the Iowa show. Jack Missler was his name. He works with an outfit out in North, northern Missouri, northwestern Missouri, yeah. that uh, Camp Valor Outdoors, I think it's called. And basically they do hunts for, for yeah. veterans. I think know, I remember so. seeing that there. Yeah. So, we, you know, we donated some mineral to those guys. Helped them out, helped us out because we didn't yeah. have to carry it all. <laughs> right? I mean, there's nothing better than helping somebody else. Exactly. Out, so you ain't got to load it back. Exactly. But we're going to start working with those guys too, just because it's the same thing you guys are talking about. You know, working with good people, and yeah. that's as much as anything. You want to work with good people. Yep. Because at the end of the day, we're putting our own personal name behind it, let alone our brand behind it. Yep. And to us, growing up. When we give somebody our word, that's our bond. That's mm-hmm. good as that's better than gold and better than what paper money can buy. Unfortunately, that's lost a lot in today's world. It, yeah, but, it yeah, has. You know, and uh, a lot of small town America, that's still a case. Yeah, you know, and yeah. I we're the same way. And I think that what you guys are doing too is good because it is going to allow more people. You know, if, if you guys stay at it and and put that stuff out there, it's going to allow more people to see what you guys are doing, and then they'll think, "Man, I like." Maybe not what they're doing on TV, you know, but I do like what these guys are doing, so I'm going to go try it. And then we get more people in the outdoors. We get more people hunting. And then we've got more stroke when it comes to anything political or legislation or anything like that. we got more people voting because there's – I forget what the numbers were from the last election, but there's something like 13 million hunters in the U.S., uh, 13 million hunting licenses purchased or something like that, and it was an ungodly percentage of them that didn't vote. You know, yeah. and the more people we can get, which is stupid. Yeah. yeah. And not just about like the normal political stuff you read about on the news, but like a lot of, we've been talking about it on the podcast with the last couple guests, at least trail cameras are being banned on public grounds. Now, a lot of them, some yeah. of them, you can't use cell cams. Some of them, you can't use cameras at all. And yeah. eventually it's going to be private land too. You know, yeah. if we yeah. just let yeah. it go, that's where it's going. Yeah. It started out West and we yeah. talked about it last year when it started, you really started now. seeing it out there. And now Kansas. Kansas just came out with some legislation about it, and there's places in Missouri that you can't use it on public ground. It's just going to keep getting worse. And that's yeah. why I think it's important what you guys are doing because you're allowing just even more people that other avenue, more opportunity to see a way into the outdoors. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, uh, I noticed it all started out around California and Utah, and if you actually kind of pay attention to the politics, whatever they do out there, Illinois kind of falls a couple of years <laughs> yeah, later. Funny how that works, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I mean, I wonder if they're holding hands over there, because they're a little special over there. That's the only place I know where they got happy cows. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I think there's something to be said for guys that wake up early and get their hands dirty or tired and need to take a shower at the end of the day. Yeah. There's a group of us, and not, not us, you guys are sitting here in the studio with us, and we all do that every day. There's a lot of people that do that, and so if you can bond with those people, and they're not watching some, nothing wrong with the TV shows, yeah. nothing wrong with the videos or the DVDs or any of that stuff, or the guys that are hunting that thousand-acre farm that they got two or three people manicuring every day. We can't do that. No. I can't do that. <laughs> You guys can't. I, I can tell you guys can't do that. There's nothing wrong with not being able to, but I think you're you have a chance to bond with folks like us that can't do that and that, that, that can do what you guys do, and that's it. You know, yeah. so you know, be true to yourself, be true to your audience. You got that niche. I think you're you work towards that niche, just like Canyon is with his podcast. This is a poor boy podcast. I mean, nothing wrong with 
if you make tons of money, you want to listen to us. That's great. Right. We want guys like you to get your hands dirty every day. We want you to listen to us on the way home, you know, to yeah. get a shower, get cleaned up, take mm-hmm. mom out to dinner and have a cold beer and a steak or something. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Maybe I mean, pick up something that make you a better hunter or, you know, make or you maybe laugh. just entertain just, the hell out of you <laughs> on the way home on a Friday I mean, night if you had a bad who, week. Who yeah. couldn't yeah. go for, you know, good old boys just telling it like it is, saying exactly. it like it is. Yeah. I mean, you know, as a hunter, you're never done learning. No. Every day is a new day. If you think you've Every got it figured out, you're done. Yep. Yep. Every day in the woods is a new day because mm-hmm. nothing's ever the same in the woods, the same day of the week, right. different day of the week. It doesn't yep. matter. Things are going to change. Trees are going to fall. Deer's going to change their pattern. If a tree falls down on the trail, they're going to reroute their trail. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, we use trail cameras, but you're still going to have to have feet on the ground. You're still going to have to scout your woods. You're still going to have to pay attention to everything. Yep. And whether or not, you know, we got a couple farmers saying, hey, Deer really done a number on my crop this year. This is, you know, I'll let you hunt this if you can, you know, get so many deer yeah. out of here because right. it's eating in my pocketbook. Yep. And they're trying to do that so that they ain't got to take out their fence rows because once you take out the fence rows, you start losing your soil. Yep. I mean, there's only so many times you can till the soil and yep till it's not going to be there, and then we're going to be right back where we started over a hundred years ago. Yep. Yeah. I think. Like I said earlier, there are places for the bigger guys that are doing that and the stuff that like we necessarily can't do. And you can't learn stuff from them. Like uh, you guys were talking about going turkey hunting and kind of getting into that. What you were just saying about not being the same every day, I was actually listening to the Working Class Guys, the Working Class Bowhunter podcast. Yeah, They have um, a turkey series now with Mark Drury's helping them host it. And they were talking to Waddell about turkey hunting. And that's what they, those two guys were saying. And these are like some of the best, you know, most renowned turkey hunters ever. Won world championships and stuff for calling like that, and they've been doing it for years. And they're talking about how those birds might be doing one thing. for They might do it two days in a row, but and you call them, and you've got ten birds gobbling all over the place, and they're just working, and you probably could kill five birds in that day. But then maybe you save a couple of them or whatever because you got somebody coming in, you want to kill one, or you don't have a permit for them. You go back in there the next season or even two days later, and they're just not working. The birds aren't talking. It's just different yeah. you know, every day, and you got to learn that kind of stuff, like yep. you're saying. Well, it's like Thursday evening. No, Wednesday evening. I went out just see where the turkeys were yep. at, you know, Yep. and uh, seen three of them, you know, where they normally are, so, mm-hmm. you know. We put a blind up Thursday evening. No, that was, yeah, that was Thursday evening. Yep. Put our blind up, you know. Friday Tried to morning, put them to bed. You know, we're gonna be mm-hmm. right, we're gonna be where we need to be, you know. Right. And uh, yeah, they were on the south end of where we were. Yep. <laughs> and you know, two days prior to that, they were where they were gonna be. I knew that's where they were gonna be. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, it it definitely threw us for a loop this morning. Yeah, we me and Nate went this morning, and we got set up. And it had broke daylight, and we heard one goblin a long ways away. And mm, I don't know what time it was getting. We'd sat there for a while. I mean, it was well into daylight. And Nate took his mask off, and we were kind of thinking, well, we're in the wrong spot today. And about the time he took his mask off, it wasn't, I don't know, 20 seconds later, two hens pitched down into the field we were sitting in. And then one started gobbling. And he would already pitch down, too. He never made a noise on the roost. Yeah. So he throws his mask back on. We start calling out a little bit. Uh, he come out of that, Tom come out of the woods and he just couldn't quite see the decoys. Like if we'd have went 40 yards farther, you know, yeah, yeah. where, and this is me being an inexperienced turkey hunter too. 
and not thinking about what they've done in the past because sometimes there are they do will, will do the same thing and that's the best you got you know yeah. what like you're what you're talking about you put them to bed that's the best you can go off of yeah. you don't know what they're going to do tomorrow right but if we'd have been 40 yards closer to where I knew they at least had roosted in the past you know and or if Nate had known that property better which he can't do anything about that it was a property that I got permission to hunt on you know if if one of us had one or the other we could have killed that birdie to come out and saw the decoy and come right to us but it's just 40 yards off of a killing one and between yeah. that and then watching him walk away. Yeah. You but know. what you took away from the day was it was a learning experience. Exactly. And we didn't, you know, we didn't mess him up or anything too bad. We got, we couldn't find out where they went. We heard them. They messed around just over the break of the hill for, had to be an hour, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour. And Nate decided he'd get up. So he got up behind this tree. Well, it turned out they were still only 150 yards away. So we crawled up to the edge of the cut cornfield and he picked up the decoy and we started looking at him. Well, we decided, well, we'll make a game plan. We'll go to the woods because it looks like that's the direction they're headed, right? And it's not downhill or anything, so they're not really going to see us, hopefully. So he's got that decoy up, and we start making our way to the north. Well, sure enough, one of the hens catches us and starts yeah. putting. And we look up, and now that tom is probably 80 yards away. So he saw the decoy when we picked it up and started moving, at least we think, and probably was coming to us. But we got a little overzealous, and we're moving to the woods, you know, so yeah. that hen caught us, and then he didn't know what to do and ended up – we didn't mess him up too bad, so – you know, I'm going to go in tomorrow, might have a good shot at killing him because I think he's probably going to roost in the same spot. But yeah. there again, who knows? You know, yeah. he may go roost way south of where he's supposed to be. Yeah, it's kind of like in, at the end of the day, flip a quarter, what side you going to win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. That's part of it. You know, but you got to be out there. That's and, hunting, though. It is. And it's it's just the thrill and the learning experience of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what me and Sean look forward to, and even Kevin look forward to teaching our kids. Yeah. I mean, we each got kids. I mean, Sean's got twin girls. I got a got a six-year-old boy and kevin's got a 12-year-old and a nine-year-old mm -hmm. and so he's old that's what you're saying <laughs> yeah pretty much well no i'm actually i'm actually the oldest <laughs> well one you didn't have to group. say that <laughs> uh, i am the oldest one in the group but yeah i mean it's just it's just the fun and the experience of it teaching the kids how to hunt mm -hmm. and teaching them the right way to hunt right Not just go out and do that it's just to help your family survive because mm -hmm. you can only watch so many youtube videos before you have to go out and do it yourself exactly to figure it out yep yep because yep. yep. you, know. you can watch all those youtube videos listen to all those podcasts and think man i got it figured out and as sure as you go out there thinking that something goes wrong something changes they yep. do something you didn't expect yep. and you know i'm still doing that i've been deer hunting for you know 15 years and I still have that with deer hunting, but it's cool for me with this turkey hunting thing because last year I killed the first bird I ever killed. First, I went like twice, uh, two hunts. Wow. So today would have been my third turkey hunt, spring turkey hunt ever. And it's cool for me because I'm like that little kid that's still learning <laughs> yeah. the turkey hunting game, you know. Yep. And it's cool to to have something like that, you know, and it, it breaks up the monotony and it's something new you got to learn. You got to exercise your brain a little bit you know yeah, and try to get out there and work on your woodsmanship and try to learn how to pick up a mouth call and use it like we were talking about yeah. you know yeah especially after that man deer season's over with what are we gonna do with ourselves? exactly yeah. you know yeah. you only can coyote hunt for a few months there after <laughs> yeah. that and yep. fishing ain't good yet no right. not, not shed quite. hunting only goes so far for me <laughs> yeah right. frog well, season twice. ain't yeah. into it <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's pretty exciting i took i took my boy out crappie fishing and he caught two of the biggest crappie, and they're probably the biggest crappie he's ever caught. Yeah. I mean, this is his second year crappie fishing. He caught two. I bet he wasn't excited at all, was he? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. His pole didn't end up in the water at all. <laughs> no, no, no. Dad didn't have to jump in after it, I promise. <laughs> but, I mean, they they each weighed about two pounds each, and this yeah. is a 
private pond that's out in the middle of the woods. Yeah. You never would think you'd catch two-pound crappie. Yeah. And when he reeled them in, you couldn't, you could I wish I would have had a camera rolling, but I was too excited. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, See, that's a good YouTube. That was a good YouTube right there. You missed right? it. I, yeah. You missed it. Yep. Yeah. Underprepared. Yeah. Right. But, I mean, spending, you know, you want to put so much on YouTube or oh, on yeah. Facebook or whatever, but it's like when we're with our kids, we're mm-hmm. with our kids. You yeah. Know, you know, we don't want to. We want to put them out there, but we, you know, oh yeah, we want to keep our private life, you know. Yep, somewhat of, private. Yeah. yeah, I'm the same way. And there's even a thing to be said about, like, you go to a concert or a ball game or something, and everybody's got their phone out now. Yeah, like recording yeah. it. It's like just live in the moment for yeah. a second. Yeah, quit worrying about recording it so you can show everybody and just because, have the experience. You know, I mean, because somebody else is doing it for you. Just yeah, wait until it's up online. You can watch it over again. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Many yeah. times. Just live in the moment, and I think that's important, especially with kids, with your kids, you know, and yeah. just being there and being present when that stuff's going on. You I know? remember you guys can do hunting. the filming stuff. When you get out there with you, you know, yeah, each other. The, with ourselves. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I remember taking him hunting when he was a youngster. And it was a different mindset because always before, you know, you're after the you're after that monster buck or you're after a target buck or whatever the case might be. And then all of a sudden here comes your son. And every time you pick your foot up, his is underneath it. And you think, okay, it's, you know, he's wanting to go. Well, I'm not going to tell him no, but I know I'm not going to kill a big buck when I take, you know, your six-year-old son. It's yeah. just not going to happen. No. There's just too much noise or too much movement, too much everything. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. You have to have your mindset, and that's okay. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you know, it's okay not to film everything. Yeah. It's okay not to, you know, okay, we're not after target bucks anymore. We're not, we're not after big bucks. We're after trying to get your son into the woods and understanding what that's all about. Yep. And then later, as time progresses – then then that comes back. Yeah. But there's going to be a period in your lives where you're not going to be after that target buck, or you shouldn't be because you should be with your son or your daughter or whatever yeah. the case might be, your twin girls, whatever the case might be, if they're interested in that. Oh. You know, if they're not, that's fine. Um, my daughter was some, yeah. uh, not as much as my son, but that's okay. You know, she's, she's ever, when I was in the shop, um, running the archery shop, all the kids that were hunting, most of them got out of it and started chasing girls and drinking beer and doing all that. But almost all of them came back. Yeah, you know, so you know you can do both. I you promise. Can, oh, <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah, been there. You can do <laughs> both. Yeah, yeah, you can do both. Some of them got way out of it. But yeah, yeah. It's 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 you just have to have a different mindset when that time comes. Put that big buck and that video aside and be a dad, and then then you'll move on from there. Because video and all that and phones, they only last so long. Mm-hmm. That's Memories right. last forever. That's so. right. And, it, you know, it kind of is on a level is what you guys are doing with your channel for other people. Like you said at, that, at the concert or the ball game or whatever, someone else is doing it for you. Yeah. You guys are kind of capturing that. Like you guys will be capturing that in your deer camps and stuff like that when you're going not just the hunt, not just the big buck, but the whole experience. Yeah. You know, yeah. you guys can capture that for your channel. Yeah. And that's that's good too cuz everybody like I said everybody sees that and it's something different. Yep. Get the 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 uh out of stand aspect of it. Yeah. You, uh, you know, I mean Right. what the full the whole experience. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's not just way more to hunting than being in that stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is. I mean, at the end of the day it's respect for the land and respect for the animals. 
Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's the thing, too, that you'll see all these, like the tree huggers and stuff that are so against hunting. What are they really doing for conservation or or actually protecting the ground or, or making things better out there? Right. Nothing. Nothing. But we're the ones that are doing that, yeah. you know? Yep. I mean. And know. that's what we're about. And the good guys, like you're talking about, that get the dirt on your hands and the calluses and stuff and working hard and you're going out there and enjoy it. You want your kids to be able to enjoy it, so you're going to take care of it yeah. for them. Yep. Yeah. You know? You're going to. You know, manage the herd. You yeah. Know. And the habitat and everything, everything else. Yeah, you're going to try to keep it clean and up yep. and tight and, you know, just keep it going for, you know, the kids and yep. their kids. And yep. Well, just like what we found out today, we went and hunted a patch of woods that was just recently logged. Yeah. And like I told Sean, I was like, you know, this logger's got it right. Because, you know, most loggers, you know, they just leave the tops wherever. Mm-hmm. Well, this was actually... Really strategic. We didn't see a whole lot of trash in the woods. No. And it, was, it wasn't all over the place. And there was quite a few trees that were taken out. Yeah, um, it was all, basically all laid out for habitat. Yeah. It, you know, it wasn't just thrown right. here and there. You could you tell know. they had some kind of plan with yeah, it. Yeah, he knew that, you know, there was animals, and you know, mm-hmm. rabbits, deer, whatever, in this woods that were going to be in this woods, whether he was there or not. So he was preserving it for... Yep. The next and it's group. just a different mindset. Yep. Yeah. You know. And the, in a way, we're all stewards of the land. Yep. Which is what should be. Yeah. Yeah. I For mean, sure. That's how I grew up. I mean, I got a patch of woods that we hunt. I call it the logged woods. And the people that logged it 15 years ago, they didn't even have any care or respect. It's mm-hmm. loaded with overgrowth. But I tell you what, in the long run, it actually paid off because now it's a deer oasis. They go <laughs> yeah. in there and yeah. bed down. Yep. It's so thick you can't, can't walk, walk through, through it. it. Right, yeah. right, right. But I tell you what, there's very little people that's going to try and trespass on me. Yep, exactly. And that's something I've had to deal with in the past is trespassers. I mean, mm-hmm. nobody really likes walking through briars. I don't care who you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, no, right. Hell, deer don't even like walking <laughs> no. through briars. And most of <laughs> the trespassers and stuff are lazy people anyway, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Otherwise, they'd be doing something theirself for themselves. Right. Yeah. You know, they're not going to walk through that trash no nope. i'm all for just putting barbed wire fence and briars around your property <laughs> that's going to keep a lot of people out yeah no doubt yep. no doubt there's guys that have issues with that too and it's it's kind of the same thing like those guys aren't the ones that are poaching deer and trespassing all that they probably give us hunters a bad name sometimes you know and that's what the people that are those tree huggers or whatever have in their head yeah of that's what everybody's like and it's not and there's a gap there that needs to be bridged because it's kind of like anything else in the world. You watch the news, sure, they they put it out like everybody's either way over here or way over here. Yeah. But most of us are in the middle somewhere. Yeah. And it's something you got to somehow bridge the gap between where we're at and where those people are at that think we're just dumb hillbillies, <laughs> you know, out there shooting at everything that moves. Yeah. Right. Well, we're the hillbillies that are feeding our bellies while we're not exactly. breaking our wallet to go to the grocery store to exactly. buy some beef. Well, that's all jacked up on whatever. And they don't understand that. No. And we don't understand what they do all the time, you know. And it's just, but there's no communication. And there's yeah. not a good way to do it other than the social media stuff, the YouTube stuff, stuff like that. And if they can see guys like you guys that are just down-to-earth dudes out there hunting, you know, and doing it for the love of it, that's a way that that gap can be bridged. And then that's even more people that are going to be on our side. Yeah. You and know? That, that's what I love about what I, when we went to the classic, I'd never been there. And you know what? I didn't meet a stranger there. Yeah. I'd walk up to people just walking by the booth. Hey, you want to see what this camo looks like? You want to see some pictures of what it looks like in a tree? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was proud of it. And I everybody did, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, there was very few people that said no. That's what they're there for. And that's, Something to be said like-minded. for like-minded people. 
Yep. And when you get us all, we're, we never, I never met, you know, before Iowa Classic, we never met, but we're all like-minded people. Yep. And, and when you take thousands of like-minded people like what's up there and in Iowa, it's pretty cool experience, right? Yep. There's going to be some miracles happening somewhere, <laughs> yeah. somehow, it's, somewhere. It's, it's and a that's neat not, experience. It's not around. like-minded to say everybody thinks exactly the same way because you got to have, like, diversity yeah. of thought, yeah. right? Yeah, right. But I think – Everybody is on the same page as far as the stewardship stuff and the conservation yeah. stuff and being there for the love of doing it and that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, otherwise, like they wouldn't about. be there. Exactly. That's what I mean by like-minded. I don't yeah, mean we're all robots or anything. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But then, you know, I think he made that comment about... Maybe like-minded was, people as in if somebody shows up with a gun and starts shooting, people are going to shoot back. Oh, That's yeah. what oh, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. And I think you, you had mentioned that last year after we got back from the Classic, that it was just... All the people are there for the same reason, and you don't meet a stranger, and you know you can go talk to them, and because we all have that thing in common, kind of like when you guys met there at work, is you have that common ground, yeah. and you have know, something to you, you know, can talk to everybody up there. Just walk up to them, start talking to them, like you know you've been exactly, forever. and they know, you know what you're talking yeah. about. Yep. And if they don't, you can explain it to them, and they can figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yep. I That's mean, different parts call it different things. You yeah, know? for sure. Everybody's got their own words for everything. Yeah. Yep. You know, the guys from Louisiana that will have come up here that we work for <laughs> that bring deer up here, sometimes you can't even understand what they're saying. But <laughs> once you talk to them long enough, <laughs> yeah. though, you kind of start to figure it out. <laughs> start putting we all like to hunt. That's <laughs> my thing. Yeah. yeah, you can start figuring it out. But And then the, even those guys from, like, Wisconsin and stuff like that, they got different words for stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. but we all got that common heavy. ground. Yeah. yeah. We all got that common ground, <laughs> and we can figure it out. I mean, you know, Sean, Kevin, and I, we got some – Good things in the work for this year. I mean, we got some broadheads at this company. They're restructuring, and they said, why don't you guys just destroy the hell out of them? Yeah. So guess what we're going to do? We're going to destroy the I'm hell out of the broadheads. <laughs> yeah. Gladly give us some free broadheads. I'm going to put them to the test. I'm going to shoot them through whatever I want. Absolutely. Anything from bone to cinder blocks to uh-huh. a 55-gallon drum to even some four, uh, what is it, three... 304 304 steel stainless steel we're gonna shoot it through that gotta put them to the test well yeah right i want to know what these things i mean they're you know they're a small company and they were honest they're they said shoot them yeah you know because they want to know tell us what you think and you know destroy them you know see what it takes and that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the the good working with the good people you know that they're trying to make a good product yeah they're telling you to go out (laughs) there and just do your worst (laughs) yeah you know that's what they're wanting i mean you know, it's it's hard to find even even good arrows nowadays that you're not spending over. Oh yeah, forty dollars for a single arrow. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but still, <laughs> yeah. you got old arrows that you're trying to use up, and <laughs> arrows you ain't ever heard of. Before. I detect a story there. <laughs> well, kind of let the bow shop talk me into trying some arrows. Uh, I went ahead and rolled the dice and tried them. I never shot micro diameter arrows before. Uh huh. You know what? Did they fall out of your quiver? I don't know. I ain't never tried them. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm still waiting for them. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll be able to answer that question uh, yeah. next week. <laughs> yep. uh, no, I've, since I was a little kid, I've always been told I would mess up an anvil with a rubber hammer. So <laughs> right, right. If, I, if I get a hold of it, I can tear it out yep. pretty much. So. Yep. If they need something tore up, you guys can go to. Yeah, <laughs> yep. pretty much. Yep. And that's good, too, for, the, for those guys. They need somebody like that. Yeah. That's, and it's going to be honest with them. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean... I mean, whether, you know, I do it or somebody else does it, somebody's going to spend their money on it. Yeah. You know, their hard-earned money on it. Sure. And we all know that's getting slimmer and slimmer every day. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So no doubt, no doubt. Well, take those partnerships seriously. And, and, um, when I first got into the archer shop, we were in the late nineties or, or late eighties, early nineties. And we went to the ATA show, which was just got started back then. And I'm not going to do any name dropping, but some of the biggest names in the industry that you guys have ever heard of, I that know, was kind of a name drop. I know those guys, <laughs> <laughs> and and they're doing the same things that what you guys are talking about now. They were just getting started. They were talking about, hey, try my product. I want you to do this. I want you to tear it up. I want you know those kind of things are so you never know when you're going to make that hook with a a good product. Somebody that's got a good product and and a good background, and they're going to take off, and you guys are going to make good products together, and and that's yep. the way that yeah. thing works. Yeah, because I want something that, you know, I want to use for not just yep. this season, but a season or two after that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't have the money to go and keep buying new product every season. Right. And, I mean, the arrows I got now, I've had for three years, and they're still shooting good. I mean, yeah, I might have to refletch them, mm-hmm. but, you know, in the end, I've learned how to fletch my own arrows, so that saves a little bit of call. Sure. There you go. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I don't want to. Take up too much more of your guys' time, so we'll let you get out here, get on the road, head back north. I got I got one thing All right, I want to say. So you guys pull up and I'm expecting not your <laughs> not your <laughs> what's the name of these guys? <laughs> not your mother's outdoor channel. Not your channel. mother's outdoor channel. <laughs> not gonna lie, if you just heard that, you're probably picturing four by four truck I, with I, at least a three inch limb here. You're getting away. These guys pull up in a freaking smart car. <laughs> Please God tell me that you got a jacked up Ford four by four with stacks and you're rolling coal. I mean just just tell me that, please. I I own a Dodge Cummins. Uh, okay, well, that's He's got a Cummins. That's that's a start. But right. I do also second gen, third gen we're talking. <laughs> second gen. Okay, okay. Uh, okay. I've got a first gen gasser, so well it's it's yeah. It's better than a smart car. Thank well, you. Lord. Here's, here's the bad part. I do that's actually my mom and dad's smart car. Yeah. I've got a smart car myself. Yeah. But I mean at forty seven miles a gallon. Hey <laughs> guys gotta save money <laughs> on gas right now. I'm right. just saying that, that that's not what I expected when it's not yeah. your mother. But hey, yeah. that's okay. Hey, that's you okay. know what? We might surprise you. We might have to strap a deer to the roof of it. Heck yeah. Yeah. I believe it or not, we had a deer come in this year with a, on a Tesla pulling a trailer. <laughs> yeah. The guy now the guy does live in California. <laughs> I'm, I'm, where, I'm on my, you know, I'm telling you the truth. He lives in California. He comes out here and hunts with his son, but he owns a Tesla, and and we didn't have a deer on a Tesla. It made the local radio because they had never oh, seen it yeah, either. Yeah, yeah, yeah the radio station. You're not going to believe what I saw today. You know? <laughs> yeah. Too bad the local paper didn't get a picture. <laughs> that would have made, no made Illinois news. It right would. Well, <laughs> you've eased my mind just a little bit. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> So, where can people find you guys? Obviously, the YouTube channel, uh, any social media or anything like that. Give us, uh, give us where you guys are at, so everybody can go find you. And you, I'll link it in the yeah. description too, so uh, everybody can go there. We got a YouTube channel, Facebook, um, and, and we is, got a TikTok. That is the Facebook. Just, is it all under the same it's name? All under the same name. Not your mother's outdoor mother. channel. Okay, yeah, yep. cool. And our TikTok's <coughs> the same way. Uh, there's nothing really posted on it. Of course, we just start. We just got that on our way back from Iowa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're hoping to get some content on that here real soon. I mean, neither one of we're we're not all that great with technology, but 
I, yeah, I hear you. Take, take three guys that really don't do technology. Uh-huh. I'd be in the youngest one, have the most technology. Your tech savviest. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> if that's a word, At right? best, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. We do what we can. Hey, that's learning you know? every day, too, ain't it? Yep. yep. That's something new for sure. And figuring out the game on all the social media stuff, yeah, too. That's, that's something in its own. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's but, that's a fun game. Not a lot of people like to play. And mm-hmm. Most people don't play well with that game either. No, no, they really don't. That is a conversation for another day. <laughs> <laughs> I really do appreciate you guys coming in, though, making the drive down. I'm glad we hooked up with you and I went there and, and met you yeah. guys and we're able to get you guys on, and we'll do it again sometime. For yeah. sure. Thanks yes. for coming to the sure. studio. Really yep. appreciate it. Yes, uh, thank cool. you. It's, yeah. it's been a blast. Yep. All right, see you guys. See you.